The following podcast is produced or sponsored by a community member. The content, views, and opinions expressed are those of the participants and do not reflect those of BMC or the town of Belmont. BMC welcomes your comments. Call us at 617-484-2443 or email us at access at belmontmedia.org. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Community Conversations. I'm your host, Roger Colton, and we're broadcasting on the BMC Podcast Network. There's the old adage that one should think locally, uh, think globally, but act locally. And we have a, uh, a church here in Belmont that uh, has been doing just that. There is, of course, a growing concern about global warming and climate change, and the folks at First Church Belmont uh, decided to take some action about that. Uh, today we have with us John Coulterman, who is with uh, the First Church Belmont. Uh, John, thanks for uh, joining us and uh, uh, taking some time to come over and talk with us today. Pleasure to be here. Thank you. John, uh, the First Church Belmont has uh, just recently voted to uh, divest from fossil fuel investments. Is that... Uh, That's correct. That, that captures it? That captures it. Uh, let, let's define some terms uh, before we really get started. Uh, what does it mean to divest? Right. So divest... Um, <laughs> there's a, a, a number of things to clarify here. So divest... Strictly to divest just means, okay, I'm going to get out of a certain security uh, or class of securities uh, if I own them, and I'm not going to own them going forward. So fossil fuels, in this case, we're saying we're going to basically sell off any fossil fuel investments that we have, and uh, we will cease purchasing any future uh, investments in those in those areas. And when... Uh when you talk about uh, divesting from fossil fuels, there is uh, uh, what's called the the Carbon Underground 200. That is, can you tell us about that? Sure. Yeah, the Carbon Underground 200 uh, <laughs> recently underwent a, a name change uh, from Carbon Tracker 200. You will see uh, in the literature and out on the web, uh, Carbon Tracker CT 200. Um, that's the same as the Carbon Underground 200, what it is today. So the Carbon Underground 200 is simply um, the top 100 publicly traded global companies uh, in coal based on their reserves, the, the holdings of the reserves. Okay. And then the next 100, as you might uh, anticipate, is the top 100 uh, oil and natural gas companies uh, that are publicly traded globally uh, based on their reserves. And uh, the reserves is key here. We believe that that's where... Um, the risk of standard assets are going to be greatest uh, when the time, if and when the time comes, and we say, "Hey, this stuff has to stay in the ground." So we're talking about industries that, uh, not necessarily that uh, that burn fossil fuels, such as utilities, but industries that extract fossil fuels, uh, coal, gas, uh, and the like, and oil. That's correct. That's correct. There really is no perfect way to divest from fossil fuels. Uh, you know, the, the tentacles of, of fossil fuel usage uh, throughout our economy <laughs> are many and run deep. Um, you know, you've got cement and um, aluminum manufacturers that are 
really energy intensive. You've got pipeline companies, the whole transportation sector, pharmaceuticals, et cetera. So it, it's, it's tough uh, to say, okay, I'm going to divest from all of this. And you probably don't want to do that anyway. And First Church uh, Belmont uh, adopted a resolution that was democratically passed by the uh, congregants of First Church, correct? That's correct. We actually held two votes, um, the first being um, in May, last May. Uh, it was kind of more of a sentiment whether we wanted to accept the risk uh, and uh, go with something you know, of socially responsible investing, um, which fossil fuel divestment is, is a subset of, right? Um, so <clears throat> that was just kind of a gauge, okay, do we have an appetite for this or not? And uh, fortunately, that came back uh, a pretty strong voice saying, yes, um, we would do that. And um, the members felt that, look, if, it, if there was a little bit of a financial hit because we had to divest, um, you know, those are our values. We're willing to do that. Um, and then the second vote happened in October, and that was to divest from fossil fuels. And that passed overwhelmingly like nine to one. And uh, we talk about the resolution that was passed. Can you uh, so you voted to uh, to to divest from the, uh, th the fossil fuel companies? Were there other aspects uh, or other elements to the resolution? Yes. So the, the first was to divest everything from the, the carbon underground two hundred. Okay. So that that takes two hundred companies off the investment spectrum for us. So you just won't put your money in those companies? That's right. And if okay. we have any money in there at the moment, then then that's going to get sold off and we'll, we'll cease to own them going forward. Um, the, the second part of this, or the three parts, the second part was then to say, okay, we want to limit our exposure uh, to fossil fuels to no more than 3% of our portfolio. And... <clears throat> Fossil fuels should um, should also mention this too that so there are like thirteen different uh, investment sectors, all right, um, that are recognized in the investment community. Um, fossil fuel is not one of them, but there's the energy sector, which we're kind of using as a proxy, if you will, for fossil fuels. And today sure. that is a pretty good proxy, you know, as, as time goes on. Um, more that'll come to reflect more clean energy and renewable, become less of a proxy, but that's the idea. So we would say, okay, only three percent of the energy sector, which is about half of what the Standard and Poor's uh, weighting is for their index, the Standard and Poor's 500. Okay, so we would be underweighted by half, uh, no more than half, right? In the energy, in, in the, the energy industry generally. That's correct. That's okay. Correct. Um, and then the third part is to say, okay, um, to ask our, our parishioners to take a look at their own investment portfolios and to consider divesting from fossil fuels there as well. Um, and to look at anything else they can do within their own lifestyle changes to kind of do their part to decarbonize. Which seems to make sense. So it's not simply the institution saying as an institution – this is what we're going to do, but the uh, the resolution goes on further to say if the institution does it, that each of the parishioners uh, should look at their own conscience and look at how they spend their own money or invest their own money to do similar things. Exactly right. And our investment portfolio, um, well, uh, the Church's endowment is, 
at $1.7 million. It's you know, a nice sum, sum of money. Uh, but um, if you look at the church's 400 members, and you know, even if we get a quarter of them to say, okay, I'm going to move my uh, portfolio into some sort of SRI, socially responsible investing, we're going to have a lot more impact that way. And it's a way to engage people to think about this as well. So $7 million. $1.7 million. That's a chunk of change. I I assume, or or let me put this as a question, can I assume that you didn't just decide to make these financial decisions without consulting with uh, (laughs) financial professionals, if you will? Oh, absolutely. Um, Absolutely. Um, and, and, and maybe to put this in a little bit more context, yes, that seems like a lot of money, but given uh, the church's dependence on the endowment, um, we'd like to see it to be quite a bit larger. Uh, you know, and that was some concern, uh, certainly about taking on divestment. Um, yeah, can we afford to risk that kind of stuff? So, yes, when we started this idea, um, this the idea that I best kind of germinated within a group called FCB Green within the church, uh, First Church Belmont Green Committee. <laughs> All right. Uh, we uh, immediately engaged the parish board, uh, the finance committee, and investment committee, and we're very fortunate at the church to have really strong, qualified people on the, the finance and investment committees who have a big background in this. Uh, and... Um, you know, we wanted to get their input, uh, hear their concerns, uh, and just kind of bring them along in the journey here um, of you know the, the whole education journey of what this is going to what this could mean for us. All right, so that we were all kind of working off the same set of facts and concerns. And the fact that uh, you proceeded must mean that uh, they signed off on it to at least to some extent right they didn't put the kibosh on it they did not put the kibosh on it um i mean there were there was some pushback for sure uh mainly from the finance investment committees um they had some valid concerns um i mean the all along i think most money managers have looked at their investments through a single lens of fiduciary responsibility the returns all right uh within a given level of risk and now to layer on, okay, some social element to it uh, is it was foreign to them, right? Um, but that's rapidly changing. That's rapidly changing. Um, so that was one area of concern. And, and can I pursue that for just a minute, the, the notion that it's rapidly changing? Because it seems to me that if you divest for, uh, your carbon investments – that money doesn't just sit in a bank account somewhere. You, you're not just taking it out of an investment, but the corresponding aspect of that is that you put that money somewhere else. Exactly. And so what you do is you, and there's going to be a question mark at the end of this. Okay. Uh, what you do is you screen uh, uh, your investments for. Uh, certain socially responsible uh, on certain socially responsible criteria. That's right. Uh, and uh, what? Uh, where does the money go? Uh, do you move it? Uh, actually, let me ask the question behind the question. Do you move it from? 
carbon investments to investments in alternative fuels? Or do you move it from carbon investments to something completely unrelated? Right. That's a good question. Um, and that will vary from one entity to the next. For First Church Belmont, um, we kind of looked at uh, the alternative energy securities and, and how they've been performing. And it's, it's, it's wild. It's all over the place. Um, beyond our level of risk tolerance, all right? So we said, okay, let's try and look for um, just general investments that go with the criteria specified in the resolution that meet that criteria. Uh, generally, it's going to look like the S&P 500, all right? Uh-huh. With a little bit of um, saying, okay, we're, we're scraping off the... Um, the energy. Energy sector, correct. Right. You, uh, okay. And one thing, too, that I wanted to uh, ask is you talked about taking a hit. Um, my understanding is that one ne doesn't necessarily take a hit by divesting from fossil fuels, that f uh, fossil fuel companies, and, and tell me if I'm wrong here, uh, but fossil fuel companies are actually becoming more and more risky investment. I is that is that a correct understanding? That's absolutely right. Um, you talked about stranded investment. That's yeah. what made me think of it. Yeah. Uh, but, and I would guess most people don't know what, what you mean by stranded investment. So. Okay. Um, so, yeah, exactly. Um, so if you look at uh, the energy sector over the last 50 years, it's done okay. But then if you start to take that on a decade by decade, as you move forward to the present, uh, it's just going down. Okay, uh, in, in performance. And in fact, um, you look at the, the most recent 10 years, and it's the worst performing sector of, of the 13 sectors. All right. Um, and, you know, it, it seems like it's an industry and structural decline. All right. Uh, it's sort of the early days of, of the whale oil and, and, and buggy whips on their way out. Uh, it's going to take longer, um, but there's a lot of regulatory and I think a lot of. Uh, um, sentiment out there that's saying, yeah, we've got to get move away from fossil fuels. Um, there's a Rolling Stone article, I think it was about in 2015, um, Bill McKibben um, stated that, yeah, 80% of the assets, known assets, uh, fossil fuel assets known at that time, would need to remain in the ground um, if we're going to not cook the planet, all right? So and the value of the stock is based upon the, the reserves. Based upon the reserves, and so they if continue the, to, to add to those reserves at the same time. So if the value – let me see if I'm following your, your logic here. Yeah. So if the value of the stock is based on the reserves, and it, uh, if the expectation is that 80% of those reserves will never be accessed if we do indeed uh, – act to uh, address global climate change, then that means the stocks are overvalued. Yes. And that means that if, uh, if you do invest in those stocks, then you've got a risk. You bear and, that risk. And divesting from uh, those stocks, therefore, really protects you from, uh, from the risk of holding overvalued stocks. That's right. It, it just seems a prudent thing to do. Um, the Rockefeller Foundation several years ago divested. Rockefeller divested from fossil fuels. And yeah, 
they came back and, and have since said, you know, it was also a, a good financial move on our part. We've seen performance improve. So, uh, so I, I just want to make sure uh, to think that, um, or to finish the the thought that there is clearly a social element to the divestment movement, but there's a financial element too. It's it's not that necessarily that we are going to accept a, a financial loss in, in order to pursue our social beliefs. There. Uh, those two components, the financial considerations and the social components, uh, uh, march forward together. That's right. Um, the Brookline Unitarian Church uh, divested uh, several years ago from fossil fuels. And um, uh, the minister at the time was, was Jim Sherbloom, who happened to be, um, uh, he used to be the CFO of Genzyme, it took them public. He, he knew all about this. And, and when he took over the church— um, So he's not a financial neophyte. That's what I just heard you say. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Um, and uh, when he took over the church, they were in sort of rough financial shape. And um, you know, he worked to get that house in order and then said, let's divest from fossil fuels. And <clears throat> after one year's performance— um, they were able to fund another halftime position at the church, which was, yeah, that's a big deal for churches to be able to do something like that. Yes, <laughs> yes. So, um, yes, you don't, you know, there's a risk that, you know, it's like everything else in investing, right? Um, there's some risk. Um, but there's some risk if you don't do it or if you do it as well, all right? It can be positive or negative. Uh, but... Um, Barron's has been doing a lot of research and, and publication about this recently, but you know their whole premise is that look, if you really take a look at the environmental, social, and governments aspects of your company and how that relates to <clears throat> the world at large, you're going to be in better financial shape and better position for returns going forward. And companies are really starting to embrace this. And you talked about. Uh, uh, the, the Brookline Church, uh, the the whole divestment movement, it, I, I don't know if it's fair to call it a movement, but the whole move toward divestment isn't just uh, here in Belmont, right? It, it's a, a broader uh, a set of activities by a, a whole bunch. That, that's yeah. a term of art. A, a whole bunch of folks. Yeah. No. Exactly right. And that's it's a global and movement is it's it's a valid term here in this case. Uh, I mean, you, you have the Church of England. Um, I mentioned the Rockefeller Foundation. You have universities. Um, you have cities uh, in the U.S. and elsewhere throughout the world saying, "Look, let's let's divest." And, and so you're not out on the limb here. You're part of a larger group of investors who are doing this very same thing. That's right. That's right. Um, and um, I mean, the, the interest in, in sustainable investing or, or SRI, socially responsible investing, has just really picked up um, <laughs> in the last four years. It's easily doubled. Uh, we're like close to nine trillion in assets now. It's probably the, the fastest uh, asset class that it's in terms of growth. Um, you know, younger people in particular are really flocking to this. They're really saying, yeah, we don't want, it's not just returns we're looking for anymore. 
we want to be investing in companies that are doing good for their social good. And I, I assume from a, a church's perspective uh, or uh, the perspective of a house of worship that um, there are certain uh, industries that you simply don't want to invest in, that uh, alcohol may be one, uh, uh, fossil fuels, uh, gun manufacturers. It, and it, it, is that overly generalizing? No, it's not, um, although I think the Unitarians would be fine with alcohol. <laughs> uh, but no, um, you know, guns and ammo, tobacco. Um, tobacco, of course. Yeah. And, yeah. of course, I grew up in the era where uh, the divestiture movement was directed toward companies doing business in South Africa, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, which mm -hmm. was uh, – so th the notion of divestiture as a means of uh, – uh, of pursuing a, a, a public policy is not new at all. It's not new to fossil fuels. No, it's not. Um, so, right. So we'll be looking to do that. Um, we're going to try and discourage that at the church, uh, at the church level. Uh, but we'll ask individual parishioners to, of course, to do that. Um, one concern when you start to layer on uh, too many filters, um, you start to limit your universal securities and you can you can run greater risk of returns. Yes. Okay. And that's certainly a, a real concern uh, at our church. Um, but individuals might be willing to say, look, I can, I'll, I'm fine with two or three filters in my portfolio. And here are my hot buttons. I'm, I'm going to divest from fossil fuels and from guns and for-profit prisons, for example. Uh huh. And all the better. I, I'd like to take you a different direction sure. uh, for a minute. Um, it seems like there are two ways to go. If, if one objects to uh, what uh, fossil fuel companies are or are not doing, one is to uh, divest your money. The other is to leave your money in those companies and to engage th those companies through shareholder actions or the election of directors or some other. Can you talk about the balancing? I, I assume that you've, you've thought about this. We have. Um, and um, There's sure, a tension. There's, there is a tension there. And I mean, I think um, whenever uh, – a larger organization comes up with it has to say, okay, we're going to divest. That's one of the hurdles you're going to you'll face right away. It's like, okay, if we divest, you're dealing yourself out of the game. You take yourself out of the game, or do we want to engage uh, with shareholders uh, with the, with the management of those companies? And shareholder activism can be very, very effective. I mean, Shell just recently announced that they're they're doubling their uh, investments in in clean energy as a result of shareholder activism. Um, ExxonMobil, um, the last shareholder meeting, let's see, it was like Vanguard, State Street, and BlackRock uh, brought a, a shareholder resolution to at their annual meeting and asking Exxon to be more forthcoming about the, the risk that climate change has on their business. That passed two to one. A year ago, that same resolution failed by one to two. Wow. So just in a year, there was uh, yes. almost a complete flip. A, 
complete flip. And that is how fast this is changing. Um, it's interesting to note, too, that you probably recognize those names as, as big money management uh, firms, right? Yes. Um, bigger than big. <laughs> bigger than big. Yes. And they have a big stake in the game here. I mean, they hold you know, tens, hundreds of thousands of shares in this stuff. But they also have a lot of these index funds as part of their product mix. And what's an index fund? I'm sorry. Uh, an index fund is say, okay, um, we need to everything that's in the S and P 500, for example. We need to own those. You know, okay. That's at, at roughly the same mix. All right. And maybe we're going to throw in a little bit of this with our twist. Um, but you know, they're pretty much obligated to hold an Exxon Mobil, if you will. Um, but they're also looking after their own shareholders. Of course. And they want to make sure that things don't go south with uh, ExxonMobil or the underlying securities in their index funds. All right. So that is where their interest is. Uh, and if we can come back locally uh, mm -hmm. for just a minute, um, what the First Church Belmont did isn't unique to uh, First Church Belmont, I, meaning... There's nothing special about First Church Belmont that would allow this to work for this uh, congregation and not somewhere else. Is that true? That's right. That's right. Um, I mean, you can basically take anybody that's got uh, any organization or individual that has some investable cash, and they can look at whether they want to engage in shareholder activism, divestment, or none of it, right? Um, it's just a kind of matter of educating yourself a little bit on this and um, deciding which way to go. Um, one key point I wanted to bring up about the, why First Church decided to go with just divestment rather than kind of a shareholder activism is that we're really trying to keep the management costs, the management fees down a lot on, on the securities we own. Uh, we're largely managing these monies ourselves uh -huh. in-house uh, to keep these costs down. And you kind of need to go with a little bit larger firm or and be a little bit more tolerant of, of slightly higher fees uh, so that those firms have a larger pool of money where they do have some influence to for shareholder activism all right uh, for us to go on our own you know, and try and, and nominate somebody once a year <laughs> from the church to go to these shareholder activism um, meetings or, or shareholder annual shareholder meetings just wouldn't work. Sure. Uh, $1.7 million is a lot of money until you start talking about an Exxon or a mobile or some, some, right. somebody like that. That's right. That's right. Uh, and so we have somebody in Belmont wanted to uh, talk to the First Church Belmont uh, about divestiture uh, for a congregation or uh, a school or even th personally, they would talk to you? Uh, yes, we'd be happy to, to talk with anyone, um, and we might engage somebody else from the, the church on this. Um, I should also point out, I mean, <coughs> the roots of, of socially responsible investing largely started here in the greater Boston area. Um, and we have a lot of exceptional firms here that, that have decades of experience in this. Money management firms. Money management firms that have experience in this. And, boy, they were all willing to come and talk to, to us for, for free. And you know, we're kind of small peanuts uh, in terms of, you know, and they knew that coming into this, into these discussions. But they were happy to talk.
That's great. We're, we're out of time. I, I see the clock has reached zero. Uh, <laughs> it's uh, It's been great fun today. A- and we need to get you in to, uh, to talk about the socially responsible investing more broadly. Fossil fuels is just one aspect of that. Absolutely. Uh, so hopefully we can get you back uh, uh, someday. All right. Thank you, Roger. Uh, I do appreciate uh, you taking time to uh, be here. We've been talking today with John Coulterman. John is a Belmont resident and a member of the First Church Belmont. Uh, here in Belmont, uh, the First Church Belmont just voted to divest itself of its fossil fuel investments, and that's what we've been talking about. You can stream this podcast online at the BMC Podcast Network at belmontmedia.org. And you can also find our podcast by uh, searching for it on iTunes. uh, You can search for the BMC Podcast Network. I'd like to thank John again for stopping by today. I would like to thank you, the listeners, for tuning in to listening to us again. I'm your Community Conversations host, Roger Colton, and I will talk to you again in two weeks. Thank you.